with our um, Taonga series, which is um, treasure. Our treasure, Taonga, as we know from last week, is a Tereo word, and it's sort of those things that represent the things that we value, the things that we hold precious. And yet the word itself has got such a deeper, um, richer meaning than, than just the the valuable things are the precious things. Taonga are those things that we've been given, um, again, not, not because we've earned them, not because we've achieved anything, but it's the things that we've been given. And, and more importantly, I think one of the most important aspects of Taonga is that they are, they are held for a moment and then they are passed on. They're, they are the things that we pass on or pass down um, to, to the next generation or those coming around us and, and behind us. And they are in, in, in many ways like a, an inheritance. Taonga are like um, family traditions. They are the things that make us who we are. Taonga, as I say, are the things that we want to pass on to the next generation. They, they are the things that we hold as guardians or stewards of and for this moment, but want to pass on to the generations to come. Last week we looked at the first of these within as as we look at the, sort of the um, what it is to be vineyard, what it is to be part of the vineyard movement, and that was the the taonga of the power of the gospel of the kingdom. And today I want to look at two because we we'll, we've got lots to go through. Um, but I want to look at two this morning. One being um, taonga being being people of the presence of God um, and. So we've kind of experienced that already. Um, but we, we, we want to hold on to that treasure. We want to embrace it for all it's worth. And we want to make sure that we pass that on to the next generation. That we be a people who are the people of the presence of God. And the, and the next thing that we're, and the other thing that we want to talk about is that we're of, of a taonga for the vineyard movement and for what Maharangi Vineyard is that we be passionate about, um, about the church and about church planting. So I want to start with that one this morning and we'll kind of go through pretty quickly. But, you know, God's plan for saving the world, God's plan for, for the hope of the world is the church. And he doesn't have a plan B. So when we sit here, we might be very encouraged or deeply discouraged by that statement. But nonetheless, the statement stands. Um, that we, if you or I have been a follower of Jesus, a Christian, um, someone who is actively and intentionally ordered every area or, or the areas as they come of our lives to reflect the life that Jesus lived, we know, disappointingly, that that does not happen for the most part in some instant spiritual download where we go to bed and we wake up the next morning and all is put to right. You know, wouldn't it be wonderful if spiritually we got a little warning, just like we get on our phones and our devices, that there's an update due and we put, push a button or my car does it as well. You push a button and in the next morning you wake up and and this thing or that thing or whatever it is could now does things that it never did the day before. How wonderful would it be that if our spiritual life was like that? Maybe, but not so much. But rather, 
we know, I hope we know, that Jesus has showed us the way of, of life is something different than that. That Jesus has demonstrated a way in the context or within relationship. Jesus himself, when he walked through the earth, lived a life or demonstrated a life of relationship. Scripture says over and over that he, he, um, he lived a life with intimacy with his father. Scripture often says he looked around or he walked into a room or a situation and he looked to see what the father was doing. And so, so we see that. And then we also see that he also lived in relationship, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And it is in that context or that environment of committed, other-focused relationships that the gospel message was, was passed down. It's passed down and, passed and spread geographically, as Scripture says, throughout all of the earth. But it's also in that context of relationship, an other-focused relationship, the church, that the, the message of Jesus is passed on from generation to generation to generation, as Dej so beautifully articulated, that we are just another part of that beautiful story of God's hope and life and, and um, desire for this world, for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done. And we see within the New Testament um, that Jesus commissioned over and over and over again, his followers to go into all the world. We see that in, in his three closest friends and his invitation to them. We see that within the 12 disciples being sent out. And the scripture even talks about the 72 following. And, and actually, if you have your Bible, let's turn to Luke 10. And this is where Jesus sent out um, the 72 of his followers. And it says this, to go ahead in pairs into all of the towns and places. He sent them out, sorry, to go ahead in pairs to all the places he planned to visit. Do you know we are still being commissioned to go into the places Jesus intends to visit? Thank you, Jenny. I thought that was a good point too. Today, as followers of Jesus, we are still being sent out so think about your workplace, think about your school, think about the grocery store you're going to go to, think about where, what you're going to do this week, and know that you are being commissioned to go ahead of places that Jesus wants to visit. He intends to visit. The harvest is great, but the workers are few, so pray to the Lord of the harvest to send more workers. 2,000 years later, we are still being commissioned. We are still empowered by the Holy Spirit to be ministers of the kingdom of God. To not only experience the kingdom of God for ourselves and in moments like this, but to also be ambassadors or those who are commissioned to extend the kingdom of God into our world into our community, into your workplace, into your school. How? By doing things like caring for the poor, by feeding the hungry, by being a friend to the lonely, by creating a home where, where the doors are open wide, by demonstrating and outworking a warm welcome, by creating a kind place 
where radical ordinary hospitality is practiced day in and day out. By, by creating a place where we pray and where we worship. Jesus has promised that one day he is returning. Let that, let that rest on you right now. That Jesus has promised that one day he is returning. And when, he, and when he comes again, he is bringing with him the kingdom of God in all its fullness. And another way of putting that is that when he comes again, all will be put to right. So all of the hurt and the brokenness and the pain that we see on, on the news, that we hear in of our neighbors, that we experience in ourselves, all of the longing for, for, of the pain of this age will be put to right. You know, and until then, we experience the kingdom of God as what is a very, very sort of vineyard kind of way of doing it, is the already and the not yet of the kingdom. It's a way of describing the age that we live in, that we know that Jesus has come, and we're about to celebrate Advent, the coming of Jesus, the Messiah coming to earth. And we know that when he came, he brought his kingdom with him. And we know, though, that his kingdom hasn't come in his fullness yet. And so that already and not yet means that the God's kingdom has come and we see it in moments and breaking in of incredible, incredible hope, incredible blessing, incredible healing. And yet we know that we have not yet seen it in its fullness. It's the already and the not yet. And the reality is that we continue to be the church or why we are one of the most powerful things or responsibilities we have of being the church is that we have the privilege and the responsibility of being a signpost to a hurting world of what God's kingdom looks like. Now, actually, that should send a little bit of a shiver up our spine because we know what we look like. But that's the hope of Jesus. You know, we, we have been part of, or we are part of, as Dej again said, a story that God is telling where he is using ordinary people to bring healing and salvation and hope down through the generations, through the church. And we also know that we have a story of the church, of, of the church in times and moments and seasons where we have behaved incredibly not like Jesus. Part of our story is that the church has been corrupted. It's been hijacked by the powers of the day. And yet, as, and as people, as followers of Jesus, we mourn the not yet moments of the kingdom, the brokenness, the hurt. But we believe that God still has hope for this world and the church is its vehicle of demonstrating and communicating that hope.
to be the community of power and of love that Jesus always intended it to be. And, so that kind, and those kind of communities, I'm getting to church planting, I'll be really quick, I promise. But it's the, within that context of those kinds of communities, they can't help but replicate. Healthy things always grow. You know, Maharangi Vineyard, this vineyard church, is the very first vineyard church in New Zealand. And we are, we, and so that means all, and we have been part of many church plants throughout the years. We haven't done it recently for a, well, for a while now, actually. But, but it's, but church planting is in our DNA. It is something we value. It's something we treasure. You know, the thought that this, we are the furthest vineyard north in this country is an opportunity. And it's definitely something we want to pass on to, to the next generation. It's definitely something we want to pass on within our generation. That we continue to grab hold of it. Continue what it means to, to, for people to gather together in the name of Jesus. To do life with one another in all of its joys and all of its hardships. To be committed to other focused and to build church with one another. To be that hope in communities. Even further north than Walkworth. The next and the last one, which we'll do really, really quickly, is um, the taonga of being people of the presence of God. And in many ways, we've already, we've already outworked the sermon in our, in our time of worship. But more than 30 years ago, so this church has been here for, for 30 years in Snell's Beach. But, well, more than that, actually. But more than 30 years ago, there was a small group of friends, and I could actually take you there, um, just over, I'm terrible with, yeah, but just over there, just over there, um, a small group of friends gathered in a lounge who were tired and burnt out, who were, who were just really, really burnt out on, on religion and doing everything in their own strength. And they, they gathered in this lounge week in, week out, and they prayed and they worshipped, and they sought God. For there's got to be a better way. There's got to be, this, you, you cannot be inviting us into what we've experienced so far. And one of the verses that, that they got, which is at the very foundation of who we are as a movement, is Jeremiah 16, 6. Which again, thank you, Dej, for just your just incredible um, worship choices this morning but this is this is a scripture that 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 small group of friends which would grow to be part which would grow to what we experience now as the vineyard movement was this jeremiah six sixteen. this is what the lord says stop at the crossroads and look around ask for the ancient paths for it is good and it will lead you to me. Walk on this path and you will find rest for your souls. And it's kind of neat because I know one of those people in the room and they have been 
They have been following Jesus for, you know, 40 plus years. They've been leading church in one form or another for 40 plus years, if not longer than that. And I know that they love Jesus and they love people as much then as they do now. That their soul knows rest. And another verse that I just wanted to share, which is, again, speaks to our taonga and our treasure of who we are as Maharingi Vineyard, but who we are as, as part of the Vineyard movement is Exodus 33, 16. And it's Moses saying, how will anyone know, speaking to God, how will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people? If your presence does not go with us, if your presence does not go with us, question mark, for your presence among us sets us apart as your people and sets me apart. From the very earliest start of who we are as Maharangi Vineyard, God's presence has been at the very core of it. I, I can't remember a Sunday where we haven't kind of started or really quickly within our prayer meeting, mostly Annette and I, which it's not a closed group, by the way. Everyone is welcome to come to the early morning prayer meeting. And by early, it's quarter past nine. We set the bar really low at Vineyard, you know. But there, aren't, there, there are very few Sunday morning prayer gatherings that we don't pray this prayer, Holy Spirit, bless us with your presence. There is no one who is part of Maharingi Vineyard in its leading and its governance and its vision setting that ever imagines or desires doing any of this outside of God's presence. Why in the world would we bother? No, seriously, like we should be at the beach with, if, if we're doing this without God's presence. We should be at a cafe or doing something else. There is nothing about, about this that we want to do outside of God's presence. It's, it's one of the very taongas or treasures that we hold dear and that, oh my goodness, we want to pass on to the next generation. That our children would know what it is to be people of God's presence. That our children would know their identity based on the presence of God, the things that he speaks over their life, not the things that culture speaks over their life. Without the presence of God, we have nothing. Without the presence of God, our souls get hungry really fast. Our strength runs out very quickly if we do this outside of the presence of God. It's why we pray over and over and over again, come Holy Spirit. We are not deluded that, that the Holy Spirit's somewhere else when we pray that. You know that, eh? We know that God is always here and always present. But the prayer of come Holy Spirit is God bless us with the tangible or at least the, 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 the knowing that your presence is with us. It's a prayer of reminding us that we can do nothing outside of God's presence. That we are nothing outside of his presence. 
With, without his presence, nothing we do, nothing we are, uh, has any eternal value. His presence is our taonga. It's why when we do, I mean, it's why we make room so readily, so freely to, you know, to throw the script out, to tear up the run-through sheet. It's why, why dead so beautifully will, will some Sundays just stop and pause on a song. It's because the presence of God is in that moment. And we don't ever want to, to move away from that without getting everything we can from it. The taonga that we have of God's presence is, and I think the invitation that we have this morning is, that's, that's something we embody and we embrace here, but I think we need to actually expand our understanding of, of God's presence and, and, I guess, push out the boundaries of that, that, that I think the invitation here this morning is that you live that way. Like in your time, in your real life, What would it be to be a people who pause in those moments and embrace the presence of God that we, we put down our phones? Oh, he's getting crazy now. That we go off our social media and we embrace the presence of God. You know, that's just a silly example. But, but what if we actually even put aside the, the good things for the best thing. Why don't we stand? We've got three minutes. Let's practice what we preach. Why don't you, if you, if you um, want to, like, it's just this outward thing, but um, I'm just going to pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to us this morning and, and as sort of a way of kind of preparing for that, maybe just put your hands out if you want to. As, as to be expecting to receive something from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you that your presence is, is life to us. And I pray now for every person in this room, Holy Spirit, you would encounter them and bless them with your presence.
but just as you've had your hands out, does anyone have anything that you feel like might be for someone else? Whether it's a word or a scripture, we'll keep it quick, but, but just even a picture that's flashed through your head that doesn't, that doesn't kind of you know, fit anything other than maybe this might be God wanting to use me to bless someone else. If that's you, why don't you come on up? Um, can offer. Um, <clears throat> I feel God saying, be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with mm. you. I hope that's for someone. Great. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you. Uh, yeah, and I, <clears throat> when we were singing that last song, which I just want to, reiterate what Richard said that strong and courageous sometimes the presence of God it's not all gentle sometimes it's it's deep strength and um, boldness and courage so I felt like that also needed to be said this morning Great. wrong no one's going to say anything they won't matter it won't matter this is a wonderful opportunity that's what church is so beautiful about church it's a great practicing ground if we were to sort of follow Jesus' example, it seems as though the Father is busy at work wanting to invite courage. So who needs courage? So if you need courage, why don't you come on up and stand on the blue carpet or somewhere up the front? It'll take courage to do it, I know, sorry, but you've already got it. So it seems as though in this time, in this place, the Holy Spirit, the Father is wanting to say, if you need courage, I've got courage and I want to give it to you. Is there anyone else? The rest of us are just braveness personified. So courage in the way of, of responding, courage in the way of maybe what you might be facing um, work-wise, what you might be facing within, within your soul, and the condition of your soul. You know, kind of many times the, the, the biggest step is just acknowledging that, oh my goodness, I am not okay. And it seems as though the Holy Spirit is present here this morning to give you the courage you need to take that first step. Or that next step. So we've got a, a few people here who have responded. Why don't we um, now gather around our friends, gather around those who, who the Holy Spirit is blessing with courage this morning and just pray a blessing over what it is God is already doing. That's your invitation to come now. So we'll do what we do, how to do which is to pray and to minister to and with one another. Maybe we can spread out a little bit. That'll be Father, I thank you so much for the Taonga of your presence and for, and for your church. I pray that you would continue to remind us of the blessing of your presence, of the hope that your church represents to the world around us. I pray that you would bless each and every person this morning, that you would encounter them over and over and over again, and that we would embody what it is to be a people in love with 
your presence. Amen.